Well, we didn't see this one coming. The Jalen Harvey saga is getting another plot twist. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show. Thanks for making us your first listen. And today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, we get an interesting update with the Jalen Harvey situation because he doesn't make a commitment. He instead releases a top three, but he also put out a top five before. So now we go from a top five to a top three. Maybe we'll even get a top two. And then eventually you have to get to one, right? You have to. So Jalen Harvey uh, definitely threw me a curveball on this podcast here, releasing his top three schools, Penn State, Maryland, USC. So no SEC, Florida and Tennessee are out of the picture for him. Those were the original five not too long ago. He was set to make a commitment in July, announce those top five. And here we are. We have a top three. It makes for it makes for fun podcasts. It makes for a good conversation, right? So he ends up releasing this top three when he already had the top five out. I, I guess it it does it does make sense in, in some sort of manner here. Uh, but Florida and Tennessee are out. I guess they weren't showing enough interest. Florida, in, in this case anyway, I, don't, I can't speak for Tennessee, but we've been monitoring Florida because Penn State and Florida have gone head-to-head on a lot of these recruiting battles for key defensive players in the class of 2024. And Florida, I can... I'm not surprised at that one of them just prioritizing other recruits. They already have other commitments there. There's no point in trying to, whether it's craft up something through NIL, uh, Jalen Harvey's just not a priority to them. They secured their priority targets, but for Penn state, Jalen Harvey still is a priority target. Again, a 5.8 rating on rivals, a four-star edge defender. Like this is somebody that Penn state really does want in any, that's why the top five schools, but ultimately I look at this and I I don't see USC as a factor. I I really don't. I think USC is too far away uh, being out in California. uh, Penn State and Maryland seem like the top two schools ultimately. And Maryland's the in-state hometown school. This this is the impression I've gathered from people that follow recruiting very closely, a lot closer than I do, right? And and Jalen Harvey has a good relationship with the Maryland Terrapins, Mike Loxley, in this whole recruiting cycle. The, the impression that I'm getting and what it sounds like is that Maryland is going all in 200%, like everything that they can, all the chips are on the table to get one of the top in-state recruits. So their NIL, their NIL program is not as sophisticated as a Penn State or as a Florida, Tennessee, USC, any of them. But what Maryland is doing, instead of spreading out some of its resources to try to land multiple recruits, They're going to go all in here. So just understand what the enemy is doing here with Penn State versus Maryland. They would rather be a thorn in Penn State's side, land a top in-state recruit by just going all in and saying, hey, this is what we can offer as far as NIL. 
but maybe Penn State, maybe Penn State's able to match that. I don't know numbers. Unfortunately, I don't know what is being offered. I don't know what NIL is being promised between Maryland, Penn State, USC. Uh, but it is an interesting top three. One of these things is not like the other here, okay? I know the Trojans are coming to the Big Ten. I get that. But still, it is California, okay? You are still playing half of your games all the way on the West Coast if you are an East Coast kid. So just because Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA, yes, they're joining the Big Ten but still expect East Coast kids, East Coast kids to stay on the East Coast and West Coast kids to stay on the West Coast. But that's the impression I'm getting is that Maryland is just going everything they have to ultimately land Jalen Harvey here. USC is too far away. But the recruiting analysts don't seem swayed by any of this, right? They still have everything projected to Penn State. Confidence isn't as high. But you have to feel good about it still if you're James Franklin, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They should be able to land Jalen Harvey here. It just gets a little cloudier. It just does. This should have been wrapped up a long time ago. It wasn't, and, and now we're here. But Penn State is still winning every single leg of the race. They won at the beginning of the recruitment. They won in the top five. They won in the top three, okay? And it doesn't matter if you win the first three quarters. It only matters if you lead after the end of the fourth. So that's where we are. Penn State has the lead going into the fourth quarter. Can they maintain it? Again, this is somebody you still want to... I, I understand the drama from it. I understand the headaches we've seen. There, there's prospects that that like to take their time. This is a big decision. This is a big decision. Some people know right away. That's why you see commitments made like a Cooper Cousins will make a, a commitment right out of the gate and be the first one in the class of 2024. And just in general, there's a lot of unsigned, there's a lot of uncommitted prospects still out there for the class of 2024. I, I'm impressed that Penn State has been able to, along the way, just stay at the top. It's not like someone has overtaken them. The recruiting analysts shift their projections and say, well, now it's Maryland, now it's USC. It's always been, even though Florida, USC, Maryland have made this more interesting, Penn State is still the leader. But it doesn't matter if you lead at the half. It only matters if you lead after the full game, after the full four quarters here. Uh, so you just want to see this one get wrapped up. Remember, John Scott was recruiting Jalen Harvey at one time, and now Dion Barnes has to pick this up. So I wonder if there was that, just since that change in direction of the defensive line coach, that things were ultimately a little reconsidered by Jalen Harvey. Okay, just, just a thought. I, I don't think it's because Dion Barnes isn't a good recruiter, but when you go from working with one coach to another, something's going to change and, and Deion Barnes basically has to win his own recruiting battle with the work that even though all the work that John Scott and Penn state had done originally. And of course, you know, James Franklin is the head coach, right? That's, that's the consistent here, but just, just the thought here, they did change position coaches in the middle of all this recruiting cycle here. So it's up to Deion Barnes to ultimately do this. And Jalen Harvey does have a, he can be used as a defensive end. He could ultimately be that off ball linebacker. There's a lot of things Penn state can do with this four-star prospect. Okay. He's still very exciting. I want him to commit to Penn State. He'd be, he's one of their top priorities. He always has been all along. And, and I think it, it's, it's going to go down to the wire, but I think Penn, State, Penn State's going to get it done. Now, there's speaking of defensive line, uh, Penn State got some bad news again. Smith Vilbert was the first one to be reported out for the season, and now Alonzo Ford is done. Can the defensive interior 
handle the loss of Alonzo Ford on the depth chart. We're going to talk about it in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager. LinkedIn Jobs knows that for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easier to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, just the right experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State rivals, all the reporting on the Jalen Harvey situation. Of course, Alonzo Ford, which we are going to talk about here. You want to see more coverage of it. Check out happyvalleyinsider.com going along with this podcast. Okay, Alonzo Ford and trying to make sense of all of this. Two hits to the defensive line. That's that's what really <laughs> Deion Barnes is uh, he, he's really going to put be put to the test here as a position coach in his first season as the full-time defensive line coach. And, and you already lose not one, but two, not significant contributors, but key contributors. Okay, Alonzo Ford was brought in to be a part, to be a significant part of the depth chart. Okay, he was going to be a rotational player, not your starter necessarily, but that's why you went out and re- you wouldn't have recruited him to come transfer to Penn State if you didn't anticipate him to play. And for Smith Vilbert, I'm not, I, there's a whole nother episode about this. The everydayers know we talked about this already uh, for Alonzo Ford. And let me know in the comments section what you think about the defensive line if this is going to be rough sledding for them, because I don't think it is. I think this is still very manageable, and I'll tell you why in a second. But Alonzo Ford, uh, that, he was someone that was going to be uh, potentially at his best a second stringer, but most likely a third. And that's because I, I look at the depth chart and I feel pretty confident in what they have. Hakeem Beeman, Devon Elise, the emergence of Jordan Vandenberg. This is someone that James Franklin has continually praised through winter workouts and says that he has improved the most. So if you're looking for a most improved award, that's going to the defensive tackle spot with Jordan Vandenberg. And then Zane Durant, who played last year, burned the red shirt, is ready to go. Those first four guys right there are already going to rotate and they're going to be a strong group. And I, I throw, don't forget about Kaziah Izzard. Kaziah Izzard's battled injuries himself, but this is someone that it was a starter once upon a time, or at least played a good amount of starter reps and, and cycled back and forth, but now could be a second, just a good valuable depth piece. So like the defensive end spot, Penn State now has two and a half they're two and a half deep they have five players that they really look forward to i think alonzo ford would be that sixth guy a good rotational player who probably still would have needed some time to adjust just because you're coming over from old dominion to big 10 football i mean you make that jump he was a solid contributor an honorable mention 
for the Sun Belt, but you're going from the Sun Belt, a group five, to the Power Five, the Big Ten. Uh, this is a loss of any value because he would have seen the football field, okay? He would have played snaps. It would have been a matter of how many, and he would have provided valuable depth because at some point in time, you are going to lose guys on the defensive interior just because it, it's the nature of football. You're going to lose guys anywhere. But if it wasn't for the emergence of Jordan Vandenberg as the most improved player in Penn State's offseason workouts – and a guy like Zane Durant, who I think has a lot of potential as well, you're you're expect you're anticipating that breakout season this year. This would be a bigger problem, okay? Uh, but that was why he was brought in to provide depth, to provide some insurance, and now you lose part of that insurance. So uh, Alonzo Ford was going to be a contributor of some sorts, not necessarily a key contributor, but I still feel really good about the defensive interior. And that's let's let's mention a couple other players too. Let's mention uh, Devon Townley Jr., who was going to transfer out and ultimately came back in. And they say that he's someone who has improved in his own right, not as significantly as a Jordan Vandenberg or a Zane Durant, but he's still a young player that remains consistent inside the Penn State program. And Caleb Artis, I, I like the personality and the drive that Caleb Artis has. Uh, very, just kind of similar to denying Dennis Sutton. I, Dennis Sutton's on his own on his own level. But I like the way that Artis competes. He's a good athlete. And another player that is young, up and coming, can he be that sixth guy that ultimate one of those guys are going to compete for now? Those reps become available since Alonzo Ford is not available. Can Who's going to compete and win that next spot in the defensive rotation? And I feel good about those guys as third stringers. So Penn State is totally not there. There are not as many concerns as people might think with losing Smith Vilbert and Alonzo Ford. I hate to see it because both of those guys, you want them to play, Smith Vilbert especially, because he had that great game in the Outback Bowl, and Alonzo Ford, he transfers right in, and then you really don't get to see what kind of contributor he can be, uh, unfortunately. But Penn State has to adapt and move forward. Injuries are a part of the game, unfortunately, and they're in good hands still. Uh, this this defensive line is still going to be a solid unit just because of the top heavy talent that they do have. The first stringers are very good and they have some good complementary pieces to go along with it. But speaking of depth, cornerback, this is something that really hasn't been brought up all that much. Uh, the secondary as a unit, as a whole unit, the defensive backs are good. They're sound, but I would say that safety is a little more reassuring than cornerback. Let's talk about it in this final segment. Cornerback, you're probably thinking, Zach, why are you saying this? Why are you being critical of Kalen King, who's going to be potentially a first-team All-American? I think he's the best corner in, in the country right now. He's going to be the first one taken in the NFL draft next season. He's going to declare, and he's going to be a top-10 pick and the first guy taken in the secondary. But what's behind him? Johnny Dixon, solid cornerback number two. That's why Storm Duck transfers out because Johnny Dixon was so good that he pushed out the competition. Competition didn't even want to share reps. Okay, Johnny Dixon brings him in and sends him right out. So he's cornerback number two and Daquan Hardy returns to the slot cornerback position and had a little bit of a down year last year. Hardy was actually better the year before in 2021. 2022 was a little disappointing. Now here's 2023. Can he make up for that as one of the veterans of the group? I'm hopeful for a bounce back season. 
but that's still something that's 50 50 is he going to outplay himself from a year ago or is it going to be similar status quo but who is next in line after that we haven't really had that conversation and the everydayers saw the podcast from earlier between myself and matt fortner and we discussed this special teams is a question mark but the cornerback room depth chart Kalen King and Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy are a solid group, but knock on wood, what if they're not available to go? What if they can't play in a game? What if they need to take snaps off? Cam Miller comes to mind. Cam Miller had his red shirt burn, true sophomore, uh, all the talent in the world, but is he going to be ready to guard a Marvin Harrison Jr. on a play? Now, I imagine that Johnny Dixon would probably slide over if Kalen King were to move off, but depending on how they want to scheme that. Do they want to do what the vintage Seattle Seahawks did with a Richard Sherman and, uh, on one side of the field and whoever that next cornerback was, right? Instead, so Kalen King basically takes away a side of the field or do you have him shadow whoever the first wide receiver is? I hope that's the case because I don't really want anybody else on Marvin Harrison Jr. when that game rolls around, but it's ultimately what Manny Diaz decides to do. So do you put... Kalen King on the right side of the football field and Johnny Dixon, or do you rotate them based on where the number one wide receiver plays? They move Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. into the slot. Does that mean Daquan Hardy picks him up or whoever that safety is? A Keaton Ellis, for example, he saw coverage snaps against Marvin Harrison Jr. Who else is after that? Because I like Cam Miller. Everybody that I've talked to that covers Penn State football or and the coaches really like Cam Miller. The, the people that do cover it in depth, like us on this podcast, say, well, Cam Miller is waiting to break out. The coaches feel really good about him. Uh, that's why they burned his red shirt and, and he's next in line. So it's just a matter if he's been able to mature. But after Cam Miller, there, there's a lot of doubt here. A true freshman, Elliot Washington, is going to have to be thrown in there early. He's, he's going to have his red shirt burned. I can already say that with confidence. Sit back right now and, and assess that. He was recruited as a safety, but basically he was almost positionless. He was going to be a defensive back, could, could have played safety, and it sounds like they're going to have to move him to cornerback, and he's going to back up either Kalen King or Johnny Dixon. He'll be a boundary. But... Uh, do you feel confident throwing a true freshman out there against really good Big Ten receivers? He does have 4-3 speed and was one of the better defensive backs. I'd argue the top defensive back in this Penn State class of 2023. So Elliott Washington, if he can come a long way here quickly, right? If he can mature quickly, okay, Cam Miller and Elliott Washington provide a little bit of cushion there on the depth chart. But then there's Zion Tracy, there's Lamont Payne. Are they ready? Uh, that's not as easy to answer. Uh, Davian Collins transfers in from Mississippi State. I expect him to back up Daquan Hardy. And then there's Colin Dinkins and Jace Tutty. So a lot of guys who don't have an established role and they, and they haven't certainly established themselves on the depth chart. Aside from Washington and Cam Miller, like these are just kind of expectations we have. Washington hasn't proved anything other than he's really fast. Now inside a camp, coaches are thinking differently, but you just have to anticipate from what we know is his recruiting status. And just, I mean, players have praised Washington for how good he's been with his speed. So, but we haven't directly heard anything from the coaches. If any of the starters go down Penn State, seriously needs to be in panic mode for the cornerback spot. That, that's all I'm saying. Now, Matt Bortner, I want to give him credit here because he brought this up in the discussion. Keaton Ellis should slide over to cornerback in an emergency uh, in an emergency situation because you do have that depth 
at the safety spot. So you can feel comfortable with letting Ellis drop down or drop over to the boundary and be that guy. I, I think Keaton Ellis's man-to-man coverage skills aren't as good as a Kalen King's. He's more of a zone type of player. Okay, so King and Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy are better in man-to-man. But I would have to argue that Keaton Ellis is probably that next guy in terms of man coverage skills just because he's a veteran. He's going to be a captain. And he played cornerback. He came in as a corner. So it's not like he has no boundary experience. He was a cornerback and then shifted to safety because they figured out, okay, hey, he's better in zone coverage and being more of a floater uh, in the secondary rather than man-to-man. But I I feel okay if they say, all right, we need some numbers here. Keaton Ellis has, and, and Keaton Ellis has said that before the coaching staff has said that before that Ellis is so versatile that they can move him from the safety spot to corner and back and forth wherever he's needed. So that plan has been discussed, even though he's ultimately a safety. Now there's just for me, a significant gap from King and Dixon to the second and third string guys, a lot of unknown. I, I don't really like that. We're not saying the same thing about running back offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, but a cornerback, just too too much unknown for my liking. And I hope that Kalen King and Johnny Dixon can play as many snaps as possible for them and allow those young guys not to be thrown right away into the fire. At Becoming Everyday or here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast, follow along on X. Twitter at my personal account at Zach underscore Seiko at Locked on Nittany. We're going to have some fun shows coming up, talking more to preview the 2023 Penn State football season, the schedule, news as it comes out from fall camp. So it'll all be right here on Locked on Nittany Lions.